We want to read our scripture texts for today. Our first scripture text is from Psalm 103. And I've had some young people importune me, ask me for a special favor, and I granted it to them. The confirmation class, along with Desiree Steve, who's been with them the whole class, and Jim Kinney, who's been with them the last two years, they said, well, let us just recite Psalm 103. I said, no, I can't let you let do the whole thing, but the first five verses. And so they were disappointed, but they're prepared to do our Old Testament lesson for us today. So Desiree and Jim are going to join them as well, but would you please stand and do that for, and listen here to the Word of God. Now wait till they're all ready, till Desiree gets over there. All right, let's hear it. Amen. Thank you. That's nothing to applaud. That's simply their duty. We all should know that, right? Don't applaud that. My goodness. I take back my applause. Nothing like encouraging them, right? Always an encouraging word. Uh, Ezekiel 47, 3 through 12 is our second passage today. You'll recognize when we get to our New Testament passage why we chose this passage. Ezekiel's in the midst of of having a series of visions from God. And they concern the temple. And uh, it's a a representation. This temple was never built. uh, But all the representations are done. All the descriptions are there. And then he comes and you'll see he sees a river, a stream of water that comes out of that. So listen here to God's word. When the man, that is the angel who was guiding him, when the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits and he led me through the water, water reaching the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the loins. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not ford for the water had risen enough water to swim in a river that could not be forded. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river there were very many trees on the one side and the other. Then he said to me, These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea. And the waters of the sea become fresh, that is, they're healed. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be very many fish, for these waters go there and the others become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it from Engedi to Eglaim. There will be a place for spreading of nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, very many. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh, will not be healed. They will be left for salt. By the river on its bank, on the one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month, 
because their water flows from the sanctuary, and their fruit will be for the food and their leaves for the healing. Amen. Then our primary text today is Revelation 22. We've been preaching through Revelation since September 22nd, and we're finally to the last chapter. We won't quite get through it all today, but we'll get through the first five verses. Next week we'll have the rest of the, we'll finish up with Revelation. So it's interesting. Uh, These verses actually complete the vision of the city of God. Uh, Listen here to God's word. Then he, that is the angel, showed me, that is John, a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and its leaves and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night. And they will not have any need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. We'll take a few moments just to bow our heads and silently meditate upon God's word, which we've read. Gracious God, we are thankful to you. We are grateful to you that you're gracious that you've given us your word. You've opened our hearts and minds to understand it. We know we don't know it all, but Lord, you've you've revealed things to us, and we anticipate that day when we will know fully, even as we've been fully known by you. So Lord, today, as we preach the word, as we hear the word preached, may you by your spirit continue that good work of unveiling to our minds in our hearts, and our lives, the truth of your word. That it may shape us, mold us, direct us, correct us, of course, all those different things that only you can do. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. May each flow freely in our midst this day. We ask through Christ, our Savior, the Lord of all. Amen. Well, now we've been having a picture of the city of God, a vision of the city of God. That's what John's been receiving, and we've been preaching about that for a couple of different weeks now, maybe three or four weeks, I'm not sure. And that picture of the city of God is heaven. Uh, It's eternal paradise restored. It's a big, big picture. Uh, It starts in in chapter 21, verse 9, and goes all the way through chapter 22, verse 5, where we got today. Today's where it ends. It's a massive sensory overloading depiction of what all Christians have to look forward to while we journey through this life here. That's what we're looking forward to. Now we need to remember that. We need to keep that in our hearts minds and we need to know that it is a depiction. It's not a photograph. Now here we have people who've not been with us before today but you're going to see these same pictures. A photograph is like this. It's the White House. Can you see that? That's a photograph. And it describes, you know, exactly what's there. But what we have here in Revelation, by and large, are representations, depictions like this. You tell me what that is. 
Well, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's the Louisiana Memorial at Gettysburg. And it represents a variety of things. Okay, you can shut that down. That's good. Uh, so what we've seen thus far, what has been depicted for us in a variety of ways, are gates and foundation and wall. So there are 12 gates of pearl, right? Uh, and so of those 12 gates, three are facing in each direction, north, south, east, and west. Uh, it faces all directions. There, there's no compass point anywhere in the world where there's not the gate that faces in that direction. The gates are never closed. They're open to all. There's no night there. So these are, are gates that are saying, come unto me, come on, come in. It's like that. And there's an angel at each gate, and the angels have the names of the, each one has the name of one of the tribe, 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, that's, you know, for us to know that that's how the gates are. There are also 12 foundation stones. Each stone has the name of one of the 12 apostles on it. The 12 apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. These stones are bejeweled. They're covered with a vast variety of jewels. Each uh, jewel is of value, but each one is different. They have the same standard of value, as it were, but different appearances. They're not all the same. You know, I, I think about that. God does a wonderful way in which he, he has sameness, yet variety. You know, every, every Lord's Day here in our prayer, uh, we give thanks for a particular part or aspect of our body. Do you think about that? All human bodies are the same, yet they're all different, right? We all have, aren't you glad we're all the same? So you can have a cataract removed. It's easy now. Uh, you can have your knees replaced. You can have heart surgery because they know here's how the hearts work. And yet all those bodies for all the sameness that's there, it's a vast variety. There's no one here who looks just like someone else who's here today. And the same is true around the world. So God does that almost impossible task of making sameness with variety. Isn't that good? And, and that's part of what we see with these stones. Because we're like that. It says that there are also nations and people groups and uh, tribes and tongues and languages. They all come in there. Uh, they bring their glory into it as they walk by its light. Each culture, each nation has something different to bring. Uh, each brings a particular color, if you went to the, the great painting that, that God's doing, to put another uh, image before us. I thought about the, that this week in terms of fashion attire. You know, if I said, uh, well, here, uh, our family recently read the book about uh, Maria von Tropp. Uh, remember the Sound of Music? Uh, they came over here in the 30s, and they wore good formal wear from Austria. And everybody said, man, look at them. Look how they're dressed. Oh, how about that? And then suppose you have someone who comes here from Ukraine. We've had people here from Ukraine. And they wear the traditional Ukrainian garb. We say, oh my goodness, that's different than ours. And then you have, uh, the way I thought that my mind was an African queen. Dressed in the, the flamboyant colors that you have with African culture. That's what they do. Oh my. And then 
we have a son who's married to a Korean young woman, and I thought about the Koreans, how they have distinctive dress. And it's all wonderful and it's all good. I thought of Melania Trump. What is she? You know, she's a pretty much of a fashion, uh, uh, she's a model, but I mean, she wears things with a particular lawn. Well, that's what the nations do. God is, is bringing nations and tribes and peoples together with saying we're all going to be the same. We're, we're part of the one people of God, but we each bring our distinctives. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in just a little while, but we need to know that. Uh, I have a quote. Uh, there was an unauthorized biography of Melania Trump that came out this Monday. <clears throat> Here's part of what it says. And it catches what I'm trying to, to, to say. It says, Melania's childhood was defined by a country that valued conformity and sameness. She grew up in Yugoslavia before 1989. That is while it was still part of the Soviet Union or under the Soviet uh, sphere and direction. Uh, the government promoted equality. Families of the same size lived in apartments of the same size. Every building seemed to be painted the same color of a storm cloud. Workers went to the same factories, shopped in the same stores. It was bland uniformity. No, that's what sometimes we want. We think, that, well, sameness is what all has to be. There's the same measure, but it's, God has it expressed in a whole vast variety of ways. And we need to see that such is the case. Now, here's the point that comes out of all this. Here's the point. The point is that there is only one people of God. Whether you're talking about Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, people from the patristic era, people from medieval times, our own times, and no matter where they are, across the face of the globe, there's only one people of God. There's only one bride of Christ. Express in all a, a, a staggering array of differences, if you would, just like our bodies. Staggering array of how my hand is compared to my ear, whatever it may be. So we need to know that. Now, some other characteristics that we're going to learn about here as far as uh, the city of God is about light and sight. There's no night there ever. Never. Uh, there's no sun there either. Well, how can there be no sun, there be no night? How, how is that the case? Because the Lamb, it says, is the lamp. The glory of God gives the light all around. It's the glory of God that does that. It illumines the city. You know, what does light do? Light dispels darkness. And the light is there in its fullness. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world and the light of heaven. And there's no darkness there at all. We'll see how that works out in just a little bit as well. So, it says, because of that, because light dispels darkness, it says that there's nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination uh, ever in the city of God, ever in heaven. Now, there's a couple of things we need to know from that. Uh, what does that mean? What are, what are abominations? Last week, we, we listened to some from, from Proverbs 6. The root of all abominations is lying. Uh, it's saying something that's not true. It's misrepresenting. That's the root of abomination. That's how it begins with this little question that the devil did in the Garden of Eden. Did God say? Saying that God didn't say what God said. It misrepresented that. That's what God finds abominable. False weights and measures. Uh, saying that you're not what, what he made you to be. You know, 
We're, we're in the midst of a, a huge, massive misrepresentation of God's creative power, how he makes human beings. People want to get rid of the sexual binary. Folks, you're not going to get rid of it. It doesn't matter. You can do what you want to do. The sexual binary is part of the fabric of the universe. Now, in heaven, that may be gone, but not here. Uh, it's misrepresenting God. It misrepresents his will. It misrepresents his word. It misrepresents his law. And all that is bad. Did I put that up there? I did. It's bad. How's that? Instead of abominating, it's bad. You don't want to do that. Don't want to be there. Don't want to be part of that. And there is the golden measuring rod. We saw that last week. But, you know, we can take this piece of paper and we can measure it in milliliters. Can we do it in milliliters? Millimeters? Millimeters? I knew it. I, see, I don't even know that much. So we can measure it in inches. We can measure it in feet. We can measure it however you want to measure it. But there is exactly what this is, and that's the golden measuring standard. God has a standard that cannot be changed, will not be changed, and everything must conform to that. So we need to know that as we go through this. So today we have some additional information, some strokes that come into this painting of the city of God. The first thing we see is the river of life. We're told about the river of life. Uh, the river of life flows from the throne of God. In our five-point covenant model, what's the very first point? Who's the boss? God's the boss. So all this flows from the throne. This is not the altar. This is not the sanction. This is from the throne of God. Now, these, these young people here and the old people behind them, uh, they know Psalm 103 verse 19, which is fundamental to all this. God has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. You know that? Yes, nod your head. Yes, you know that. They, they do. That's true. We need to know that. And so the river of life, the river, the source that gives everything, well, I got four minutes, everything life flows from the throne of God. God rules, just so you know. He's never abdicated his rule. He's never given it away. He's beneficent. He's benevolent. <laughs> but he rules. You need to know that. Second thing it shows us here is that that river of life flows right through the middle of the street. Right down through the middle of all things. That is, at the heart of everything is God's sovereignty, God's truth, God's way. It, it flows right through the middle of the street. And on either side of that street, well, hold on, we won't go there yet. I'm going to say something else. We read Ezekiel 47 today, or part of it. Ezekiel's river came out of the, the, the city, the temple, and it, it flowed, and it went out to the sea, and it freshened the waters. Now, I believe that represents for us the gospel of God. The gospel since the time of Jesus' resurrection has, has flowed out like it. It's gone into the sea, gone everywhere. And wherever the gospel goes and is received, it freshens, it makes, it heals, it makes new. We have many, many people here today who can say how the river that flowed out of Ezekiel's temple, the river of truth, flowed into me and changed me, made me new, made me alive. But, and, and it's reached all corners of the earth, but it had marshy places where it did not go. Now I have another whole thing we can do on that, which take another 15 minutes, so we cannot do it today. <laughs> but 
It works well. So it has that. This here, this river of life has no marshy places at all. There is no uncleanness there at all. Did we get that one up there? Yep, no, there's no longer any curse. Yeah, hallelujah indeed. Amen. We can stand for that. Now, also there is the tree of life. We hear that and we think, well, there's just one tree of life. It says, no, not just one, rather a veritable forest on each side of that river. Now you're going to say, well, wait, I thought it was on the street, down the street. Folks, God's presenting representations. He wants us to see things, not try and draw it all out. You can't draw it and represent it that way. On every side of that, each side of that river, there's a veritable forest of these tree of life trees, and they do their work. They bear 12 types of fruit. 12 means fullness. 12 apostles, 12 tribes, etc. 12 means fullness, and it bears fruit every month. That it means it doesn't stop. It's forever. And these fruits are for the healing of the nations. Every culture has weaknesses. It has its bete noir, and they get done. They get done away with. I was at a place on Wednesday night. My wife and I had our 42nd wedding anniversary. We both got married when we were in our early teens. <laughs> How come you laugh? I'm a fountain of truth, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, we felt like we were in our early teens. How's that? Is that okay? Uh, and we were talking. And you know, every culture has its caricatures that are based in truth. So for instance, are, is Earl here today? Is Earl, are Earl and Rose here today? I don't, I don't see him. If, if they were here, they're from Latvia. And if I mentioned to them, or if they're, people from Ukraine are here today, if I mentioned them, Russians. What do they think about Russian culture? They say it's a cruel culture. People that are cruel. Now, if they come into your land, they'll be, they'll be cruel. Uh, what if you say something like, uh, well, I'll just list a whole bunch of them. I won't try and put them to particular cultural groups. That might offend you if you're in that cultural group, right? But there are cultures that are known for drunkenness. Just, that's just where they are. They, they need to get beyond that. They will there. There are cultures that are known for licentiousness, how they live. There are cultures that are known for boasting of their intellectual superiority. They're just, you know, arrogant that way. Uh, there are cultures that are known for racist thoughts. All these different malign things that inhabit particular cultures will be done away in that city because the light shines there, dispels all that, and the, the, each nation, each culture brings its glory there and it's with them. Now, uh, the inhabitants, or the other thing that we find out today, we have the tree of life, the river of life, but the inhabitants of the city of God. Do we have any of that? We do. Who are the inhabitants? Here's a good thing to hear this. It's his bondservants. We've not heard about his bondservants for a long, long time here in Revelation. It's those who are, in fact, the Lord's. He bought them. He paid for them. They're his, and he's glad to have them. 
It says they will serve him. Verse 3, right? And his bond servants will serve him. Joy of joys. There's no greater joy, may I tell you, than serving the Almighty, the Eternal, the Sovereign One. You looking for satisfaction in your life? Are you like Mick Jagger, looking for satisfaction, can't find it? Serve the Almighty on His terms, what He calls you to. Joy of choice. That's why there's a river to jump into and to drown in. It's this. It's the river of life, the one that exalts, the, the, the one who's the sovereign overall. Let's flow in that, and it, to drown in it, I mean, let's let the old man die. And let the new man live, live, live. His servants will serve him. Uh, it's the, the fulfillment of Psalm 103, 1 through 5, which these young girls just recited. You know, it says that he pardons all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He redeems our life from the pit. We have people sitting here today who say, well, I know a disease of someone had who's a Christian person. Didn't heal that. That person died of that disease. There are people sitting here today who says, well, you know, there are ways in which the pit still reaches up and grabs hold of me, as it were, and tries to grab, pull me down. And I've not been healed of that yet. I'm two minutes over. <laughs> I'm getting close, though. We're getting there. Uh, we all know that. And Psalm 103 is true. But none of us are healed completely, forgiven completely, have done with all that until we get to the city of God. We all walk with limps throughout our lives here. Don't you wish it was all just boom like that and you were completely sanctified? Yeah. Amen, we do. If you don't want that, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with your, your wanter, as they say, right? Yeah, you want it. You long for that. That's why. That's why he gives us this big, long vision because there it's accomplished. Hallelujah. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more crying. It's hard to believe for me because I know what all's wrong with me, right? It's easy for me to believe that about you because you're all good people. And this way we all think. But I know me. But God is going to make me exactly as I should be. Hallelujah. I'm glad he started now. When I, got, I mean, when I got, my life has changed. If you go back and look five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 42 years ago, my wife, Pat, have I changed at all? She says I've gotten fatter. Well, boogers. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed in other ways too, all right? But God's at work. But there, the vision of the city of God, there, it's all done. Now, uh, that, here, they will see his face, and to see the face of God, the face of Christ, is transforming. Uh, that's the way what happened to Moses. He saw just a little bit of that, and he had to put a veil across his face because the children of Israel couldn't stand it. It's like the, we have his name on our foreheads. That is like the high priest with his meter, his cap, said, holy to the Lord, set aside, sanctified, holy to the Lord. That'll be on our heads there, that we're his forever. When I was a kid, I collected baseball cards. 
I thought baseball hats were so great. I wanted one that had a big B on the front. You know why? Because the Brooklyn Dodgers were my team. Yeah, Duke Snyder, Jackie Robinson, all those guys. And I thought, man, to wear a hat that has that big B on it says Brooklyn Dodgers or bums, depending on who I think about it. Well, here in heaven, we have, it's forever. We're on the Lord's side. He's claimed us as his own. His name is on our heads. We're his. That's what that means. And that's good. And then the last thing those inhabitants of the city of God will do, they'll reign forever and ever. Just as God intended from creation. He intended that we should be the vice regents, the vice rulers underneath him. Now we're properly aligned. We're under the sovereign one. We're his bond service. We do his will. We reign with him forever and ever. So that's where we're headed, folks. All this is possible because Jesus made us his own. He's the one who gives us the victory. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God himself who became flesh, who was incarnate here with us, who redeems us and who restores us. Praise be to him. Amen.